This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It is 5.08. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila and Lynn. So, first up this hour, the latest numbers on child sexual exploitation and abuse. So, um... This story has its roots in a recent report, right, um, that was conducted by We Protect Global Alliance, which brings together experts from government, the private sector and civil society specifically to protect children from sexual abuse online. So that's going to be um, the, the focus that we have today because that's the focus of the report. Now, what it found was that there's been an 87% increase in reported child sexual abuse cases since 2019. And if we look at the global number, it's going to be upsetting because it's over 32 million reports globally. And that comes in all sorts of forms, um, including things like grooming, which perhaps we're familiar with, uh, but then also issues like self-generated sexual imagery. Um, Many things that I think are products of a life spent earlier and earlier online. Yes, and the report is particularly interesting because it's coming out at this uh, particular point in time, right, where there have been in the last even year or so leaps in terms of uh, digital technology. So uh, the report accounts for things like the increased use of AI, um, uh, the increased interest and participation in gaming platforms. So there's a lot to unpack, not not pleasant, I'm afraid, but important for us to know so that we know uh, how to move forward and how to curb this, really. Uh, we will be joined after this by Shelley Hingorani, Head of Policy, Advocacy and Research at We Protect Global Alliance, also a co-author of that report. But we want to hear from you as well. What else should we be doing to protect, uh, to better protect our children, especially online? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Bring forth Mula BFM eighty nine point nine. It's 5.11. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila and Lynn. And we're talking about the latest numbers when it comes to child uh, sexual exploitation and abuse, particularly in the online space. Uh, Let us know. What else should we be doing to better protect our children, especially online? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Joining us now is Shelley Hingorani, head of policy advocacy and research at We Protect Global Alliance, also the co-author of the report that we are talking about. Shelley, welcome to the show. Uh, to start us off, could you talk to us about what this report aims to highlight and what some of the main findings? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Um, The Global Threat Assessment is a flagship policy document. It assesses the scale and scope of child sexual exploitation and abuse online. And we're doing this because we want to transform the response to this threat. Um, In this um, edition of the GTA, um, I think it's important to highlight that we've taken an approach that is slightly different from previous editions in that it centers children. We adopt a child-centered approach. Um, I want to read out an incredibly powerful quote that we received uh, from two members of the Australian eSafety Youth Council, Rouhani and Elliot. They said, we need government and industry officials to hear our voices in the fight for our safety and help the young people whose daily reality is online abuse. 
So when you're thinking about the findings of the report, I want you to bear in mind this stark reminder that children have a right to be heard and that we must center their opinions and perspectives. Now, one of the key findings of the report is that the global scale of the threat is growing exponentially. In 2022, the US-based National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, or NECMEC, analyzed just over 32 million reports of suspected child sexual abuse material. And, and they received these reports from across the globe. This represents, quite worryingly, an 87% increase on the number processed in 2019. Um, the second big sort of finding, and this sort of explains why we're seeing this increase in numbers, has to do with the intensification or worsening of known forms of abuse. So, for instance, when analyzing self-generated sexual imagery, UK-based Internet Watch Foundation uh, found that there appears to be a trend towards younger and younger victims. Another known form that has become intensified has to do with financial sexual extortion and coercion, which has seen a 7,200% increase in reports, so much so that the FBI last year issued a public advisory on the explosion of such schemes. Um, other newer forms of abuse are also noted in the report. First, uh, first one of these has to do with AI-generated CSAM. Um, I'm happy to talk a bit more about this because um, it's linked to an emerging technology and we're just starting to see how offenders are using this technology to abuse children. Um, the second has to do with um, immersive tech and how it's posing significant risks again um, to children. It's, it's giving many opportunities for offenders to access children, to distribute child sexual abuse material, and to simulate abuse of um, visual representations of children. Right. So before we go into more detail on these new forms of abuse, I did want to first talk about that increase that the report found of 87% of reported child sexual abuse cases, uh, that increase rather of 87% uh, since 2019. What does the scale indicate? What's behind this? So first of all, the number that we have quoted in the report of the 87% increase in reports that the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children received, um, it's important to remember that these reports are reports filed by electronic service providers as well as members of the public, right? Um, we understand that child sexual abuse and exploitation is an underreported um, crime. So the scale of the problem is likely to be much bigger than uh, the number that I just shared with you. The increase is being fueled by two things. One is the intensification or worsening of known forms of abuse. So um, these include things like financial sexual extortion, which we've been working on for you know the past many years. Um, it includes uh, known harms such as grooming. Um, when we think about grooming, um, you know, when you consider them in the in the gaming, social gaming environment, we are seeing, and this is mentioned in the report as well, we're seeing that grooming situations can develop really, really quickly. The other reason um, the increase is being fueled is because we're now seeing a number of newer forms of abuse emerge. And these have to do with emerging technologies such as AI, 
So one example is AI-generated CSAM. The other example has to do with immersive tech. And the report talks about the risks that immersive tech poses um, to the facilitation of child sexual abuse. So as you just mentioned there, the report underscores new forms of abuse, uh, new forms of abuse. And uh, you just referenced financial sexual extortion schemes targeting children and teenagers. Uh, let's talk about that. What does it involve? Now, many extorters will pose as young girls online and predominantly approach boys aged between the um, years of 15 to 17. And they'll make this approach on social media. What they'll do is they'll propose the exchange of sexually explicit imagery. Um, once this sexually explicit imagery has been exchanged um, or it has been sent to the extorter, the extorter will then start to threaten to send the imagery to the child's friends and family, blackmailing them for money. Um, what they do to make their threat appear credible is that they will send screenshots of the child's social media contacts to them. Um, of known cases, Many schemes have been orchestrated by offshore criminal syndicates um, that are reportedly based in countries like Nigeria, the Ivory Coast, and the Philippines. And what they're doing is they're targeting children from more affluent countries. Now, um, this was something that you mentioned earlier as well. AI-generated imagery is something that's highlighted in the report um, being used to generate child sexual abuse material. What do the numbers tell us about how widespread this is? So AI-generated CSAM is a relatively newer form of abuse. Um, I think when we are considering AI-generated CSAM, it's important to remember that even though the reports of the volume of such imagery has been steadily increasing since August 2022, what the report is doing is sounding an early alarm to say that we have noticed that AI models are being used to generate um, child sexual abuse materials. We have also noticed that AI tools are being used to script grooming conversations and to evade detection. What we're concerned about, and this is again something that we highlight in the global threat assessment, is the fact that AI-generated CSAM is likely to complicate the law enforcement response because it's going to become difficult for law enforcement without additional support to make a distinction between um, quote-unquote real child sexual abuse material and synthetic or artificially produced child sexual abuse material. What it will also do is that it will contribute to the normalization of sexualizing children and it will likely fuel greater demand for such imagery and subsequently abuse. So you've covered a fair amount of ground there and this might be a rather broad question, but what are some primary factors that can influence a child's risk of being exploited online or, or, or you know, facing abuse online? So when we think about risks, um, we think about two distinct factors. We think about demographic factors. Um, these factors usually include age, sex and gender, race and ethnicity, um, you know, wh whether the child has a disability or not. And we also think about structural factors. Now, without going into um, a lot of detail on each one of these demographic factors, what I'll quickly highlight is um, the risk that sex and gender poses. Now, globally, 
we know that girls are disproportionately targeted when it comes to child sexual abuse and exploitation online. But we're now seeing boys being targeted when it comes to specific subtypes of abuse, such as financial sexual extortion. What we want to do with this information is to think about how we can tailor our interventions uh, on specific forms of abuse to the sex or gender of the child who's experiencing it. Now, it may be tempting to use the same tailored intervention that we used for girls to use for boys, but we think that might not be so successful because boys face certain cultural barriers when it comes to seeking help, when it comes to reporting abuse. Um, And these have to do with masculinity norms. They are often told to be silent and quiet. And, you know, many of them believe that uh, they're meant to enjoy sexual activity. Um, So we must be careful when we are designing interventions to keep in mind these cultural barriers that boys face and develop interventions that can help undermine them and provide support to boys as as they need them. And on that front, uh, several suggestions have been proposed on your end, like the need to invest in public health approaches, prioritizing prevention. What could this look like? What this looks like is that So far, our response to the problem of child sexual abuse and exploitation online has been focused at what we call the tertiary level, which is the criminal justice response. So we are thinking about responding to the problem after the abuse has already taken place. What a public health approach to prevention says is that we must start thinking about the abuse and anticipate the abuse before it takes place so that we uh, we are protecting children before they are abused. This could look like reaching out to and and having specific programs for children and and likely perpetrators, right, um, that are at risk of being abused and that also are at risk of abusing. This will look like a lot of upstream measures that will address structural factors like poverty. We know COVID and the pandemic fueled child sexual exploitation. So it's really important that social safety nets are available for people across the country so that they are not forced and forced to enter into any kind of monetary exchange on child sexual abuse materials or exploitations. So another suggestion that uh, you've put forward is for us to centre the children's perspective in designing interventions. Why is this so important and how should governments go about doing this? So we think it's incredibly important to centre children's perspectives because if you don't take into account their experiences online and their perceptions of online risks, what we see is gaps emerging in our own response and we are creating um, opportunities for offenders to abuse children. So to give you an example, um, and and this was a piece of research that we did um, with the UN, we interviewed young people in lots of different countries and we asked them who they thought was most likely to abuse them. And they said that they felt that it was risky 
to talk to people and peers, adults and peers, they did not know, right? They thought they were going to be the ones to abuse. But if you look at research, and, and this is true across many different pieces of research, research tells us that in about 60% of cases, the perpetrator is known to the child. We can only understand this gap if we speak to children, right? Um, and another way to um, sort of think about this is to say that, you know, if you're thinking about tailoring interventions to the target population, if you're not taking into account their perspectives, then your intervention is not properly tailored to them and does not have a high likelihood of success because you don't understand what works for children and what works for young people. So in closing, in Malaysia, amendments to the Sexual Offences Against Children Act 2017 were recently approved in order to create distinct offences of sexual extortion and live streaming of child sexual abuse and also to enable improved prosecution of these crimes. What needs to be factored in when drafting legislation to protect children from online exploitation? Yeah, now let me start by saying that um, we're incredibly I'm happy to see this progress, the amendment that has been made in Malaysia. Um, what we will say in terms of, you know, and this is true of any country, when they're when they're looking to legislate on this particular crime, it's important that they have a broad category criminalizing all forms of child sexual abuse and exploitation online. Um, we also want to make sure that um, countries are putting in place new procedures for investigation, for storage, and for preservation of electronic evidence, because it's quite distinct from the way you would preserve um, physical forms of evidence. It needs to also make mention of child protection services that will now be available, right, for victim survivors of um, child sexual abuse and exploitation. You want to make sure that the legislation is also providing redress for child victims. Um, and finally, I think it's really important that we continue to independently monitor child rights in um, the digital environment as far as their protection is concerned. So these are some features that we recommend countries adopt when they're thinking to enhance their own legislative response to child sexual abuse and exploitation online. Shelley, thanks for speaking with us today. That was Shelley Hingorani, Head of Policy, Advocacy and Research at We Protect Global Alliance, as well as a co-author of a recent report on child sexual exploitation and abuse online. Do weigh in. What else should we be doing to better protect our children online? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM eighty nine point nine, the Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.